0: My full-time job is actually, I work for a creator uh, in the YouTube space. I think like across four YouTube channels, we're at 35 million subscribers. Wow. That's insane. So yeah.
1: welcome back to episode 77 of the 505 podcast we have on the king of gaming setups he's a streamer avid tiktoker he's a part of the tesla crew please give a warm welcome to cedric hey, yo. <laughs>
0: I've never been introduced before. That was that was pretty fun.
1: I am uh, I'm really happy to have you. I've been consuming your TikToks every day. They pop up on my feed, and I have high hopes for you with this one-handed crack. Oh boy! Please don't upset me <laughs> before this. I've we have been... a live audience as well. <laughs> I know, and I just don't want you to fuck this up in front of our new friends that just showed up. <laughs> so please give me the one-handed crack.
0: Okay, so you started off like this. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, should I go middle finger?
1: Well you gotta reset now. You kinda Uh, I don't know what's you gotta like a false start. (laughs) No flag on the play, false start. We're gonna run that back. Set. I gotta pick a finger. Go.
0: It's dented. Oh yeah. Oh
1: oh. Oh. You know what? You came, you saw, and you conquered, and that's what matters. Did I do it? Let's see what we got here. Dude, you didn't dent it. Let's go. I will say, you know, that was like watching grass grow. Like, it was a, trying, a struggle. You know, but but we're really happy to have you. We're gonna lie about a four or five baby. Welcome Yo. to the show. Come on.
0: Appreciate you, I'm appreciate you. really happy,
1: you. really excited you're here. What brought you
0: out to LA? Yeah, so we're here. Um, I'm partnered with a company called High Ground, which is a keyboard company under 100 Thieves. Um, and they're doing a Dragon Ball Z pop-up shop. For, and uh, 100 Thieves is hosting a summer block party. So they flew Me and some of the people in the crowd over there, the high ground partner program, Uh, they flew us out to attend the party and, you know, come to the pop-up shop.
1: How's it been being out here? Uh, Is it real hot in Houston this time of year? It's
0: disgusting in Houston. (laughs) It's so bad in Houston. And like, I was so excited to come here just for the weather. As soon as you get off the plane, you could feel Just it. like that. that yeah.
1: yeah, that humidity hits you in the face. Mm-hmm. But we're going to hang out this year. I'm going to be out in Houston. We're going to go shoot. Some, maybe you get to come to a game, dude. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get you sitting right next Let's to me. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it, dude. On the floor. Let's do do it. Shoot the game, you and me, right? There. Let's do
0: it, dude. <laughs> so you're born and raised in Houston, right? I was actually born uh, in New York. Oh, okay. I lived there for probably seven years in, in the Bronx. So, But I was pretty much raised in Houston. So, yeah.
1: How's the creator scene out there? In Houston,
0: mm-hmm. mm, not too many creators out there. My full-time job is actually I work for a creator uh, in the YouTube space. I think, like, across four YouTube channels, we're at 35 million subscribers. Wow, that's insane. So, yeah.
2: Who's the creator that you work for?
0: So, it's someone that's not a part of any of... Probably you guys don't watch this niche at all, but uh, his name is Unspeakable. Um, it's sort of like the mr beast genre the challenge genre okay so we make videos like that there's four different youtube channels uh minecraft videos real life challenges we just started a new channel that is meant to help creators become creators um and so we started a podcast there and i get to spearhead that channel i get to like kind of help creators learn what it takes to be a creator and he's gonna give his 10 years experience on his like youtube journey and together we're gonna be given like interesting perspectives and teaching a bunch of people like how to be a creator. I think it's really interesting.
1: How did you meet this YouTuber?
0: I actually went to high school with him. Oh wow. Yeah, so I went to high school with him. I was taking pictures of uh, all my friends at parties and stuff. I would take my Canon ADD, uh, and just take a bunch of pictures. And every time they would post, they would tag me in it. And so word got around like, this is the guy that's taking pictures at parties. And these, these weren't any good pictures or anything. These just like, I just popped the flash, an auto. People are posting, it. people love it, they ate it up. But word got around that I was taking pictures. Then he hit me up he said, I need a photographer, would you be interested? And I was like, hell yeah. Uh, and this was almost four years ago. So now I became a full-time videographer for him, full-time editor, uh, creative strategist. Uh, I ran the social media pages for a while. I've started two more YouTube channels with him. So we've just seen a lot of growth over there. And so
1: I, I'd assume you ha- you have just so much knowledge of social. Like I went, I've, div- I've dove deep on each platform that you create on, you're on, almost every platform that I, I, I like could find. Right. Yeah. What have you learned from working with the YouTuber as well as doing your own social stuff that really makes an impact specifically on longer form stuff?
0: Man, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the content that I make is short form. Um, what I've learned is long form will always be king. I think like short form, you can build an audience really quickly. But long form, that's the audience that's going to always stick around and be there for you. Whereas short form, you could gain like 100,000 followers in maybe a couple months. But where are those followers going to be in two years? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So they, they really develop like a relationship. With, yeah. Okay. They're
0: really there for you.
1: What do you feel like from a more technical standpoint that someone could maybe, you know, starting on YouTube that you notice where you're like, oh my God, dude, stop doing this. Like this is what you need to do to automatically make your videos more attractive so people actually watch them.
0: Yeah, I think there's nothing really technical in terms of like quality. You could shoot on anything and make a really good video. Ryan Trahan one of the biggest YouTubers on the market right now, and he is shooting a, a lot of his videos with an iPhone. Yeah, it's crazy. Just He's so talented. he carries around Great in his pocket. Great Yeah, I think um, what people need to focus on in long form is storytelling. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people are really trying to do this specification style with their content where it's just really fast paced, get to the point. I've seen a shift in content. I've seen it slow down a lot. We're starting to see a lot more storytelling, even in Mr. Beast videos. One of the fastest YouTube like editing videos, um, he is slowing down a lot more. He's uh, focusing on like certain people and his challenges and building stories around them, turning them into characters and building actual stories and people are following along with them and their people are sticking around. If you've seen his past four videos, all of them have been one out of tens. He's had at least... They just keep breaking records. They're the most viewed videos in 24 hours.
2: Yeah, which is nuts. I saw him, I saw Khan and Samir talk about that when they had him on his on their podcast. They were like, "He." I forgot what the video was, but it was like the second most viewed video in 24 hours on YouTube. And Jimmy was like, he talked to his team, he guys, you know what guys, if this isn't ranked like one out of 10, like it's all good. And then I see... On Twitter, he posted that he like broke the record, then broke the record again, and then broke the record again, which is nuts. Yeah.
1: I think it's just pushing boundaries, right? Like Mm -hmm. at this point, I'm like watching this stuff. And do you feel like you watch uh, content from not only like, oh, we're creators, but more from an analytical standpoint?
0: Definitely. I think I see a lot of the sections of his videos where it's like, oh, he got me there. And then I just continue to keep watching. Every time I watch his videos, I watch the entire thing. (laughs) Like I'm genuinely entertained throughout the whole thing. The video's over. I'm like, oh, I was supposed to analyze this, but I was just genuinely entertained. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. And I feel like he even took that to TikTok. He took it to shorts. Mm-hmm. It it went and transferred over to his short form content as well. Yeah, exactly. What do you feel like his, you know, someone on a short term scale on the short form, not short term, short form scale, what can they do to make that stuff more enticing? Because I think you are amazing at it, by the way. I like watch your stuff. I think your editing is really solid, I'm hooked in. It's not only just like you with your phone, you're using a nice camera, there's transition sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I just really appreciate the effort that you put into them.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. I think, I think it's the hooks. I think the hooks is like the most important part of your video because since the videos are so short, if you don't hook the audience in the first two seconds, they're gone, they're gonna swipe away. It's so easy to swipe away on short form videos. So you need to get them immediately.
1: What's a hook for those who don't know?
0: Essentially, it's the intro. It's the, f- the first few things that you say that catches the audience's attention and you know gives them the reason to stick around. Are there a few hooks
2: that you have found that work better for you than others? I'm sure you've tried like a bunch of different openings. Are there things that maybe you open your videos with that you're like, okay, if I do this, it's gonna
0: perform better than another type of intro? I think there's two things. You either open up with a question or you open up with something really like raunchy or out- outlandish. So we have a buddy, um, his name is Vioko, and he his hooks are the most like raunchy, outlandish things ever. Uh, High Ground just dropped a Dragon Ball Z keyboard and the intro to his video was, take a look at my balls. <laughs> <laughs> my Dragon Balls that is, <laughs> or something like that. Or you can ask a question where it's like, you have a laptop. Is this the best laptop in the industry? And then, you know, you list off the specs and stuff like that. Grab their attention immediately. I I like that. That's key. Okay. Okay, definitely.
2: And then once you have their attention, what can a creator do to keep the audience or viewers' attention? Obviously, like good storytelling, but are there other things, maybe
0: tips that you've learned along the way of creating content that keeps the viewers' attention? I think it's like you gave them the hook, right? Don't stray away from the purpose of why they're staying. If you start going on a tangent and you start just mentioning the most random things ever, you're straying away from the point and they're they're just gonna swipe away.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I wanna go back to how you were talking about working full time with the YouTuber and how he brought you on originally was like, I need a photographer, videographer, but now you're wearing so many different hats and mm-hmm. are like a larger part of this company. How has the job changed and like what have you learned since starting off doing that job four years ago?
0: Man, there's there's a lot. So. I was a merchandise photographer. I was just taking pictures of the products and stuff like that. Uh, and then I pitched myself. I was like, hey, I'm a videographer. If you ever need help with some videos, let me know. At the time, it was him, his two buddies that are the co-stars, and then a couple of uh, editors out here in L.A. So there was like no team. Four years later, there's 35 employees. Wow. You guys are Skyrocketing. We scaled a lot. So like a lot of the jobs that I used to do, I'm able to pass on to other people and I get to focus on other projects and focus on, you know, building bigger things and building the, I guess the overall brand. Um, I do, I feel like I've learned so many different parts of the, uh, the space. I learned social media management. I learned how to edit for retention. I've learned how to edit in the YouTube space rather than just editing a regular video.
1: Totally different too. It's
0: insanely different, and I feel like I've I've got it nailed down now. So everything that I've learned working for Unspeakable, I'm able to apply into my own content. And the biggest thing is, I don't try to get his audience over onto my content because they're two different audiences, and it's just not fulfilling to just take someone's audience and you know claim it as your own. Were you creating content for
2: yourself
0: while you like
2: when you started working for Unspeakable?
0: No, I think uh, I started two years ago. December, December 5th, 2021 is when I started. I started as a streamer and I wanted to build my, my Twitch account. But the way I did that was through content. Um, and I never wanted to start content until I was comfortable enough, uh, with working with him. I didn't want him to get the idea where it's like, you're just working with me so you can build your own platforms, you know? So I think, I think it was good that I waited too, because I learned a lot in that process.
2: Was he supportive of that? Did you have a conversation with him when you started creating content or I, were you just like, I'm just going
0: to rip it? I was scared at first. It was so funny because then I was just like, yo, can I like start making my own videos? Sure, I don't care. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, every day I was like, oh man, do I, when do I want to ask him? You know, but then he was just really casual about it,
1: and I felt like there was a shift in the things that you were making. I went back on your Instagram. You had you know photos with your buddies. You were doing travel stuff. Yeah. You had like a specific time period when you were editing all the same like style of uh, photo, Mm -hmm. and then on December fifth of twenty twenty one, I noticed it shifted. You posted the streaming photo, and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna stream today." What was the shift that went on in your mind because everything changed in my perspective of just looking at the things that you were making. Was it conscious or were you like writing out, Hey, like this is going to be the video this week or was it just kind of like, you know, what did it look like?
0: When it started, it was very like go with the flow. There was no schedule, but I knew that since I posted that, I got to go all in. My Instagram account was originally in my personal account. Um, so all the photos are very personal to me and my friends. As soon as I posted the video or the photo of me announcing that I'm going to become a streamer, that's when I, I'm, an, I'm announcing I'm gonna become a content creator. So I gotta like shift that whole page and turn it into something completely different. I didn't wanna start a whole different account and uh, I don't even have a personal account anymore. It's all just under that one Instagram account. But the shift, I mean, yeah, you could definitely tell compared uh the photos of me and my friends to me streaming and then all the content i'm posting now it's just completely different
1: yeah and do you think i get that question a lot of people saying yo should i keep my instagram should i make costas g photo like <laughs> i I did what you did i had like you know it was like me and my buddies out having a mm-hmm. good time or whatever and then one day i remember i was like i want to be a content creator like we're only posting shit from a camera now and Yeah, it was like a very conscious shift and it completely changed do you think that people should you know, switch to a completely new account? Or do you think that they should stay on that one and then just kind of rebrand it almost?
0: I think it's up to personal preference. If you want to kind of keep your life a little bit more private then sure. Make a personal account. I just went all in. I didn't really have nothing to hide, so I wasn't too worried about it. Um, and it was a, l- a little bit easier because I already had a following. So I'm able to build off of that. That's what I said, right? I was, yeah. like,
1: I was like, oh, maybe I had like, I don't know, six or 700 at the time. I'm like, well, you guys are along for this right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you want to unfollow me. Yeah, whatever. Unfollow me now. Peace out. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Dude.
2: So you you make this decision to start streaming. Why streaming versus creating content specifically, maybe for YouTube or TikTok or Instagram? Why did you decide to make streaming your main like focus of content?
0: Streaming was always, an interesting thing to me being able to kind of just play video games and talk to people online and just like engage very on a, like a personal level. I thought that was so cool. Um, and I just didn't have time to make the content that I wanted to make because I'm working a full-time job. But then I realized that the time I'm making or the time I'm taking a stream, I should be taking that time and making content instead. I stopped streaming. I don't stream anymore as much as I used to. I should probably stream maybe once a month or once every two months. Um, Because all the time that I'm putting into streaming, I should just focus those eight hours and put it into content instead.
2: And is that because you feel like it's easier to gain a following and an audience off of content and then transfer them over to watch you stream versus like gaining an audience strictly through streaming?
0: Yeah, there's no discoverability on Twitch. There's barely any. Um, And that's why I was trying to build it all through TikTok. But I realized that building a brand from Twitch is pretty much impossible. Uh, making content, you're building your brand that way and streaming. I just do it for fun. I don't even consider that a a part of my brand anymore. I think I'm all in on just content, whether it's on TikTok, Instagram reels, uh, long form YouTube videos. I think just, I had to drop it because I had to prioritize like what's actually going to be beneficial for me in the future. And that's content
1: and with with the content that you're making now i feel like a lot of it is centered around like desk setups lifestyle content mm-hmm. you're, you're vlogging part of the tesla gang yes sir love those cameras do people keep keying my fucking car <laughs> this is the second time so i my fucking car in the last two weeks dude i told you guys about this last or like a few months ago bro Got a video of this crazy fucking chick keying the side of my car now we're going to court then a fucking motorcycle (laughs) on the freeway kicked the fucking side of my door bro so now i got a lawsuit with this other motherfucker and so i got two people that were going to court and then i have a third one that popped up last night so people hate
0: me dude last night
1: yeah like last night i was looking at the side of my car and i'm like you son of a bitch they got me again and i I don't know who I, i went through the security footage it's a lost cause at this point. It's just going to turn into like a work truck. That's what we're going to do.
2: You but, should, yeah, you should just see like how keyed it can get. Yeah, no, you know? yeah. no. Let's just let not, it ride. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. Yeah,
1: I really like the car a lot. I'm Braden just, really likes no, getting his car keyed. So no, if you see his
2: Tesla out, no. feel free to sign your name a yeah, yeah, with a key. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it makes me want to cry. But um, where I was going with that was like, you know, I see... I feel like the gaming still has like remnants in the stuff that you're making today yeah for sure and I, I love your setups like i gave you a compliment in the beginning i think it's like crazy you have this fucking vertical <laughs> yeah. vertical thing going what yeah. do you feel like the content is centered around right now what do you feel like those core pillars are
0: i think at the end of the day it's all tech everything's kind of connected into tech um i dip my toes into home design but i can still relate that to tech whether it's buying an 85 inch samsung tv or a new soundbar or some light strips that people put in their setups like home design um the the lifestyle vlogs they can all correlate somehow with tech and that's kind of what i center all my content around right now what do you think makes people so interested in that because i love the like office
2: redesigns the tech stuff like why do you think people are so drawn to that type of content
0: i think organization is satisfying and seeing like expensive things maybe like people like to see things that they can't get their hands on themselves so they just want to see a bunch of videos on that and when they see like a bunch of expensive things that they can't get their hands on in one area they're like what is this this is crazy
1: (laughs) what do you feel like people that are trying to get into tech because i think a lot of people want to make tech content but Mm -hmm. maybe they don't have like the money for that what could someone do to maybe, you know, try to dabble in this space?
2: Yeah. It seems like there's kind of a high barrier to yeah, entry to get into the tech space. tech space.
0: Yeah. I think being creative, I think you there are ways to showcase some pretty cheap pieces of tech. If you're creative enough, you could do it in a really stupid way. Well, I recently made a bed setup where I put a mini, like a handheld gaming PC and a portable monitor on a C stand and hovered it over my bed and just played video games like that. And I did a video <laughs> on that, which was a deliverable for, you know, a brand. And I got like 150 K on Instagram and TikTok. It's light. Yeah. <laughs> it's light. <laughs> That's so amazing. Just being creative with like yeah. making the stupidest things, mm-hmm. making it funny, you know, be creative. It doesn't always have to be serious. It's not like this is the new iPhone 15. And speaking of
2: being creative Brayden was, you know, giving you props for your editing style. I was taking a look at some of your content and like you have one transition where like you had a shot and then you crinkled it up cause it was turned into a piece of paper. Like you really seem to go above and beyond when you're planning your shots and like the type of shots you're getting, all these overhead stuff, setting it up on a C stand. I can imagine like, what is your process when making these videos? Cause I feel like you're putting in a lot more effort and it's, uh, I feel like it's paying off because it's, it's very noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is like your process of like thinking of content to create around tech or like lifestyle videos? And then like, how long does it take you to make a video? Are you planning out the scripts
0: um, like for voiceovers? It depends on the video. I think when it comes to cool transitions, that's just something I think of while I'm at work. And I'm like, I want to try that. Or hmm. I see it online. I'm like, oh, I want to try something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like the paper one, I, brought, I bought a printer that day. <laughs> I, was, I saw someone do a shot like that. On YouTube and I was like all right I want to go in on mixed media because I've always wanted to try it I went to Best Buy and bought a printer and that <laughs> night I filmed that entire video um, it depends if I'm really excited about a video I'll crank it out that night and that'll be it um, but sometimes like I shot a video two days ago I haven't edited yet I'm just holding off on it uh, for scripting I just kind of like write whatever it, it kind of comes to me while I'm editing uh, planning is a little bit. I need to get a little bit better at that for sure
2: so are you are you laying out the video then doing the voiceover after you have all your b-roll or are you recording the voiceover and then putting the b-roll to the voiceover
0: um i'm I'm probably getting a bunch of the clips making like selects so getting all the b-roll putting it on the timeline selecting like the actual shots i want to use and then doing the voiceover after gotcha yeah
1: you created the 2460 challenge yeah why did you come up with uh, the idea to do that and what exactly is is that challenge
0: so 2460 is 24 hours and 60 seconds uh Ah. it's a daily vlog that i did in the month of july last year i did a daily vlog for july but it was just like a normal daily vlog Uh, i wanted to challenge myself to see if i could actually create like interesting narrative pieces that were a minute long um just so i could actually see if i could build stories through the vlogs and also because tiktok introduced their creativity program where 60 second videos actually made some money. So I wanted to see like, it was an experiment to see how much money I would make on it. I didn't make anything off of it. Um, I had like one video make like 200 bucks, but that's about it.
1: But OK, so will you do another one throughout the year or do you think that is kind of the only challenge you got in? Yeah,
0: probably the only one I got in me right now, just because we're starting so much at work right now, doing that new YouTube channel and kind of spearheading that. I just don't think I have the time I have. Like we filmed probably two podcasts yesterday, a couple of deep dives on some creators and I have to edit me and my buddy got to edit all of those. And they're just stacking. So,
2: <laughs> how do you balance having a full time job and creating? Like, how often are you creating content for yourself? How often are you posting on social? You're posting on not just one platform, multiple different platforms. Yeah. Like, how late. are you balancing?
1: You up yeah. late? Sketch boy hours.
0: Um, I'm trying not to be up at one a.m. anymore. <laughs> you know, um, I try to go to bed by eleven or twelve. There is no balance. It's work nine to f- or nine to five, and then come home work five to nine. Essentially, I'm posting every day or every other day. When I get home from work, I'm making content. When I go back to work, I'm making content. On the weekends is when I go hang out with my girlfriend, you know, dedicate time to friends, family, uh, my relationships. Uh, Sundays are my content days. I dedicate Sundays to just straight content days. I plan out three or four videos and try to knock those out. If I don't, then I don't. If I do, then that's great.
1: I think i think it's important because i'm i feel you on that really really hard because i'll come home and i'm like okay shit like we gotta make something today like what is it gonna look like and i do the same thing as you on sunday i try to you know write it up in on my ipad and just see what i'm gonna do for the week because i think that if you have a full-time job you have to have some planning otherwise you're just gonna like you're gonna get home at six o'clock and you're like why well, i can't make a video a good video and under like you know what i mean yeah
0: and when, before I go to bed, I usually try to write out like three or four video ideas that I'll film the next day.
1: How do you feel right now? Like, are, or do you feel burnt out at all with this? Cause I think that that's a big workload, but I also think that if you love what you do, you know, maybe you don't.
0: Towards the end of the vlogs, towards the end of a, the 2460 challenge, definitely. I was like almost on that complete exhaustion burnout phase, um, which is why I'm kind of glad it's over, but not really like burnt out. I feel like, um, I really do love what I do, whether it's work or my personal content. Um, I sometimes I'm at my house and I'm like, okay, I need to film these TikToks. I don't need to film them when I think about it. I wanna film them because I genuinely enjoy it. And I think that's the most important part. If you wanna be a creator, you can't just do it for the money. You can't do, do it because you know you wanna be famous or something like that. Like If you genuinely enjoy it, you're gonna find the success there. I that's, think that's so yeah. true. You said how you're you know, starting
2: this podcast at work about helping creators become creators. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you'd give our listeners some tips about the stuff that you're talking about and maybe some tangible things that they can take with them as far as like maybe best practices for from a creator to another aspiring creator of like, hey, if you do these few things, you're gonna
0: ensure that you're setting yourself up for success. An interesting thing we talked about the other day was not niching down on content but niching down on your audience. So you're making content. Let's say Mr. Beast is making videos for people in their 15 to 20 year old range. He's not going to make these videos for like 50 year olds. If all of a sudden he made a video dedicated for 50 year olds, no one's going to watch it. So niche down on your audience, find the group of people you're making videos for build momentum there. And as soon as you have one video go viral, that's momentum. Keep building on it. I'm currently going through that right now on Instagram. Uh, I have a home design video that did 3.5 million, and it was just an unboxing video. But ever since that video went viral, I've been posting and posting and posting, and in the last 30 days, I've gained 26,000 followers. Huge. So I'm just constantly trying to build on the momentum. Take advantage of any of the momentum that you get, and you'll see a lot of growth there. Okay,
2: and I've heard Gary Vee talk about this, how you have a piece of content that does well. And then you may be a mistake people make is like trying to switch things up as opposed to sticking with what works. So for this unboxing video that you did that got three something, 300, what is it? 3.5 million million views. Like, are you sticking with that kind of content doubling
0: down? Are you like changing it up at all? The interesting thing is that it was uh, an unboxing for some wood panels that I got for uh, my living room. Uh, I didn't make another video of unboxing it, but at the second video was me installing them and putting them up on the wall. But in between that video and the unboxing one was just a bunch of random tech videos that mm. all got like 100K. Some of them were the 2460 vlogs. This was towards the end of that challenge. Um, so there were some pieces of content were related to the wood panel still. And even in the vlogs, since I saw that the unboxing video went viral, I incorporated shots in the vlogs that were related to it. Because... The day I filmed the unboxing video was uh, a day I filmed the 2460 challenge. It was just one of those days before the very end. So I'm still kind of making it a little bit related to it in a sense, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. So you're talking about carrying over kind of like storylines mm-hmm. throughout videos. So would you say that's maybe a tip of like leaving open storylines where like you make a video and it's like, I mean, you
0: see this a lot. as like, oh, follow for part two doing that in not such a like clickbaity way yeah give give your audience a reason to come back yeah. and i think that's the hardest part to get followers on instagram is it's like on instagram give people a reason to follow you On tiktok i feel like people just follow you but on instagram like give people that reason to come back and watch the rest of your videos
1: yeah 100 do do you feel like in these next two to six months where do you feel like focus is going to lie
0: branding I really want to establish my presence as a creator i want people to see my videos and be like that's a Sedlon video i'm gonna stick around and watch that video like i want them to swipe and be like swiping really fast and then they see a a split second of my content they're like oh and they go back and start watching it
2: what are those things that you feel like you are bringing into your content that's maybe different than other creators out there or like Why would someone be scrolling, see a split second of your video, and stay to
0: watch yours? That's the hard part. That's something I'm still trying to figure out. I think it's in the editing. I think it's the uniqueness of a video, something really outlandish. Um, One of my upcoming videos I want to do is building a gaming setup in the Tesla. (laughs) Oh, that'd be sick. (laughs) So monitor on the steering wheel, putting a monitor over the actual monitor because you can't play games on it. Mm. Um, And then I want to see, I'm going to try, we have access to a Pagani right now. So we're going to see if I'm, I'm kind of afraid of mounting some monitors in there, but we'll see. Crazy. But yeah, just doing one some drops. outlandish stuff, man. Oh
1: man, that's terrifying. Yeah. I'd be like a one ten, radius ten <laughs> away from that car. I'm like,
0: mm, maybe I shouldn't do this,
2: but I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> that's nuts. And a lot of your content is, you know, filmed at home, right? Mm-hmm. In like your home setup. Have you dabbled with content, like getting outside of your, you know, workstation and how has that content maybe like performed
0: for you? I haven't because it's, it's too damn hot outside. <laughs> True, fair, fair. Yeah, I tried. I mean, it's everything is at my house. Everything is accessible. I have a studio space, like a mini studio space that I built there. Um, I really don't have anywhere else that I can or want to film at, um, mainly because like everything that I want to make is something I could do at home. I have an experiment. I'm open to trying things in different places, of course, but I just haven't had the the need for it right now.
1: Does your, all of your content live in like a, a note page on your phone or is it like Google Docs? Uh,
0: tick, tick. Oh, tick. What's, What's tick, 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 tick is like some time management program, but you could, uh, it's kind of like notion a little bit more dumbed down notion. Um, and I use that to just kind of help me focus on things, write out all my tasks and stuff. I read all my d- ideas out on there and they're like the little check boxes. So whenever it's done, they go into the completed section. I organize all my brand deals there as well. Um, even like my bills and lifestyle stuff.
1: How has it been as you've obviously grown as a creator, brands are starting to get involved. What has that relationship been like and has your content, it all had to change for any of these brands?
0: No, not necessarily changed. I've always tried to make sure my content is brand friendly. One thing I do try to do is, uh, making sure that the brand notes that I'm taking will help me make different videos in the future. So a good one is micro center. I have a six month contract with them right now. Um, and anytime I get products from them, I try to make sure that I could use that in the future. So I got two portable monitors from them um, and I probably done two or three videos with them already. And then, then I'm gonna use them again when I do the gaming setup in a car. So like just trying to make sure that I'm planning in the future while also picking out some of these brand deals.
2: How often are you doing one-off brand deals versus like a six month contract like you have?
0: Um. It varies right now. I just signed to a new agency. And so they're bringing me some, some deals right now. Uh, the, the contract deals, they're a little bit harder to do just because like there's so many deliverables yeah. and uh, I'm just so busy. The one-off ones, they're every now and then. I would say like maybe once or twice a month, there's a one-off deal, but the rest are usually just contract deals. Gotcha.
2: And what, um, what made you decide to sign with an agency versus like continuing to do stuff solo?
0: time just i don't have time to negotiate deals they have a better understanding of the market for pricing my uh my content like negotiating rates and stuff like that taking calls answering emails that's all that time that i could be doing uh content like they're gonna handle it for me yeah
2: that's super fair and so you're balancing a full-time job and making content do you see yourself eventually becoming full-time creator is that the dream or do you really enjoy working um you know with this company that you're working with you want to continue to grow you obviously have like stepped into a larger role with that mm-hmm. while continuing to do your own content
0: that's a tricky one because the new channel we started i think is really important and i think there's a lot of value with that channel obviously i would love to be a full-time creator i think right now my plan is just to just stick around and help build that new channel out because i think I think in the long run, like a lot of people will have some pretty good insight from there. If you're getting the perspective of me who's been in the game for two years and kind of the new generation of content creators and then you're getting his perspective who's been in the game for 10 plus years and built 35 million subscribers, 17 billion views.
2: Yeah, that's That's crazy. wild.
0: Yeah. And it's like Minecraft
2: type of videos, like gaming?
0: So originally, he started uh, making Minecraft videos in high school and then that has just expanded into, you know, different gaming channels and then he did a real life channel which are Videos similar to Mr. Beast, so we, that's kind of like the challenge genre is kind of what we we dive into. Gotcha. And when you're streaming,
2: you're playing video games while you're streaming. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, like, what kind of games are you
0: playing? I've been playing a lot of uh, some Minecraft lately. Usually on stream, Minecraft. Sometimes Valorant. I try to stop playing Valorant because everyone, it's a, it's a brutal game, dude.
1: <laughs> you're not you're not you're not winning the game.
0: If I'm not winning. You can't play. I can't play. <laughs> if I'm not winning. I'm losing, <laughs> and I'm never winning.
1: <laughs> that's funny. I have a I have a question for you. So I saw in your Instagram back in uh, let's see the date of this. This is August twelfth, twenty twenty two. We're we doing a little stock and talk. Yeah, ex- explain this. What's this? What's going on here? We're going pop uh, the, that up on the screen. <laughs> that's the Undertaker. We uh, <laughs> okay.
0: we um, rented out a haunted house in my hometown. And we did a hide and seek with The Undertaker because his daughter is a fan.
1: Oh, no way. Yeah. He's pretty big. (laughs) He's huge. He's a massive.
0: I'm short, but you know, he's, he's a Titan. He's huge, man. (laughs) And his daughter's a fan? Yeah. So we we did like a a hide and seek with uh, him and his daughter. His daughter was hiding with us and he was the seeker. We had him come out of a coffin just like in uh, WWE and just kind of like walk around and try to find them.
2: That's awesome. That's a really cool thing to have happen. Yeah. Have you had any other experiences like that or opportunities that have presented themselves from, you know, working your full-time job um, or being a full-time creator? Like where you found yourself being like, how am I getting to like either work with this brand or or go to this event or, you know, have this opportunity presented?
0: One of my first few months working as a videographer, uh, I got to help him shoot a Need for Speed brand deal in Miami. and. They, uh, gave us a Lamborghini Aventador. Um, and at the event we went to, <laughs> I met ASAP Ferg and, uh, David Dobrik. So yeah, that's cool. fire! That's Crazy cool. the
1: the places that it takes you, the camera. Yeah. It's nuts.
0: What is your camera setup? What are you using? To I'm shoot? using a Sony ZVE one. Nice. Yeah. <sighs> Great camera. I don't have one. But yeah. I'd be pissed if right. my,
1: fl- my screen didn't flip out. It'd be, a huge <laughs> <problem for me>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just tough.
0: I used to be a Canon guy. We, uh, at my previous job, we shot Canon, um, you guys will like this. The the company I used to work at uh, built the drone that carried Casey Neistat snowboarding. No, no way. Mm-hmm. That's epic. Yeah, and we that company was cool because we were still working with creators. So I had the business side of creators first before actually working directly with one. I got to go to Canada and shoot a commercial with Samsung and guess who I met? Casey. Peter McKinnon. Oh, Peter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah I, I wish casey it should have clicked Canada. I've, I've touched um some footage from casey but i've never actually got to meet him i heard he's a machine though. i saw I you
1: i saw in your reel you had a video of peter in it and so that's when that's when you met mm-hmm. peter how was it to meet pete
0: he showed me a magic trick it was cool oh really i that's wish fine. i had the videos because we were shooting videos for the company like vlogs for for that company um and i have so much footage of him like just being an entertainer like he was a really cool guy that's really dope. nice guy he's that's- tall Really? (laughs) Or I'm just really short. I don't know. (laughs) We keep running into this. (laughs) That's so funny.
1: Uh, what, what is some advice that you have to your 18 year old self?
0: Ooh, I think be patient. I think like everything will fall into place. Don't rush. Don't rush life. Uh, when I was 18, I just graduated high school. Everyone else is doing these big things and I felt like I was going nowhere. I think just being patient like I, i'm pretty grateful that everything has fell into place very correctly how old are you 24.
2: yeah and you're like still like so it's funny yeah. you're saying
0: like be patient
2: because you're still like in the grand scheme of things like so young and i'm sure you're feeling like things are now starting to like fall into place and mm-hmm. click and with social media man it's like so easy to like look at what other people are doing in the sit in the space and think like oh why are these opportunities not happening for me but yeah i think being patient is like a huge thing that people need to work on me included
0: yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, seriously where where can the people find you on social media
0: um said on tiktok just at said and then twitter and instagram is said tv
1: okay we're gonna we're gonna link all of it below thank you for tuning in to episode 77 of the 505 podcast make sure to fucking leave a like for the boys hit the sub button we'll see y'all next week Peace!
0: peace peace